Hey everyone, welcome to the Green Chair Conversation Podcast. This is the open, honest, authentic space for us to have dialogue together on life through the lens of faith. It's a space to listen, to grow, to be encouraged, and maybe even challenged as we navigate life together. I'm Pastor Jessica Morris, and I'm excited to welcome you to today's conversation. Today, we sit down with Joe Gilbert, the director of Madonna Learning Center and longtime advocate for children, young adults, and adults with special needs. She is resilient, she is passionate, and she is a massive blessing to both the Memphis and special needs communities. In this episode, we talk learning resilience. Joe's devotion and heart for the special needs community exudes from everything she does and says. Joe educates and walks us through some invaluable lessons on resilience. It's powerful, it's passionate, and it's incredibly challenging. So let's get to it and meet Joe Gilbert in the Green Chair. Joe Gilbert, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being in the green chair. This is a huge privilege for us. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. I, it's a privilege to me to be able to be here. Yeah, and you said yes to this. Yes. So I, I, I had like a whole speech. I was like, she's not going to say yes to me. So I knew how I had, I had to hook you because you had to be here with us. Oh, um, you're so sweet. I, I have loved really just learning your story, mm-hmm. um, learning your passion, specifically for the special needs community. Mm-hmm. And I really just kind of want to dive in because it's so powerful. But how did that even come about? How did you get such a passion and a heart for that? And then also, how did you land at Madonna Learning Center? Well, um, they're kind of twofold. Uh-huh. I was um, I have a brother okay. with special needs. He has Down syndrome. And he is 13 months older than I am. And we are sandwiched between three older brothers and sisters and two younger brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. So there's a lot of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so uh, because he's 13 months older than I am, we grew up very close mm. and did a lot of things together. Um, one of the things that through this, I like to call it a journey that mm. we go through. And uh, one of the things that we experienced or I experienced uh, growing up was you know, at first, there, I didn't see much of a difference between the two of us. We just, he was just one of us, and we had to kind of encourage him a little bit more. And then we started noticing that uh, friends in the neighborhood were starting to make fun of him. And, um, and I think at that moment, you know, it really hurt me to see him not be able to stand up for himself. And so I knew I needed to become an advocate, and mm. I wanted to be his advocate. So um, the more I got involved with his activities, the more I just fell in love with it and wanted to be around, you know, helping other friends with special needs. So um, I went into special education and um, proceeded to work in Memphis City Schools, Shelby County Schools, um, early intervention, because I wanted to experience um, different age groups and see the journey that families are going on Um, in each of those age groups. So it was really interesting to see um, different aspects from the youngest of newborns being, you know, parents being told for the very first time their child has a special needs Mm. um, child to the older to what's next, you know, because that journey is a very long journey. And, uh, but it's been, uh, my brother was one of the first attendees of Madonna Learning Center, uh, first graduate. So that's how that came about. My parents wanted him to have a good quality education and um, 
So we were all a part of that in 1969, and oh, wow. 50 years later, I, you know, the opportunity came that I could be um, the director of the school, and I jumped on board about eight years ago. Oh, wow. And um, it's been quite a ride through that <laughs> process because we've done a total renovation expansion through yes. that process. And yeah. with that, we've met some incredible people. Yeah, and I bet you've gotten to partner with the community a lot. In a Very sense. much yeah. so, you know, Hope being one of yeah. them. Yeah. You know, um, and just some amazing people who really have a heart mm. for doing things for other people and just... Um, and incredible families, too, that just, you know, work really hard to, to get the best for their child. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, so you told me this one story, if you don't mind kind of circling back, the letter jacket story. You're at a private oh, school. Yes. Can you tell that story? I loved that. Yeah, it was really incredible. We had, um, there was a program started at Bishop Byrne High School for uh -huh. kids that were graduating from, students that were graduating from Madonna Learning Center. And so, um, they would love participating in Special Olympics. And so when we were at Bishop Byrne, we said, well, we'll continue to do Special Olympics. We'll be a team. We'll call ourselves Bishop Byrne's, you know, team. So we participate in a lot of sports. And by year three, I went to the booster club and I said, what do you think about us getting letter jackets for these guys? They're representing the school. They're working really hard at Special Olympics. and." They went back to their booster committee and decided that they were not only going to allow us to do the letter jackets, but then provide those letter jackets. Wow. So at the banquet, the students had no idea. The parents had an idea, but the students had no idea. And there wasn't a dry eye in the room when they called their names up to put on those letter jackets. And many of them are probably still sleeping in those leather <laughs> jackets today. But it was just a wonderful experience to see people open up their, you know, their hearts, their minds to the opportunity to provide that. And uh, it was just a really cool experience. I love that. And, mm -hmm. you know, what I love, too, is that you have a lot of years. I mean, we kind of skimmed over all the years that you've kind of invested in. Really, I love that you say you're an advocate for the special needs community. Mm -hmm. But, like, really just being an advocate, um, you've invested a lot of years into that. And I, I am so thankful for you in that investment. And I would love to hear just some lessons along the way. I mean, from your story, from all these years of experience and kind of investing. Uh, and, and I know you're in Madonna Learning Center now, but you've done a lot of different things even before that. So what, what are some main lessons you've, you've learned throughout the years? Well, I think um, to be patient. Yeah. <laughs> um, and to be very understanding that not everybody's on that same journey that, that I'm on. And not everybody understands um, and is comfortable with working with the special needs community. Mm -hmm. And so I have to be patient with that. I have to be understanding. And, um, and then just being able to be patient with wanting things to happen now mm. for our, our children, our adults with special needs. And, um, and, and those are just, you know, looking for opportunities everywhere we go. So it doesn't matter where it is or uh, you know, what school I'm in, I'm looking for opportunities to make it even better for whoever, you know, the age group is. Yeah, and for you, I was even thinking, and when you and I were having this conversation, is the lens uh, I wanted us to look through is resilience, right? Because mm -hmm. you told the story about COVID happens, mm -hmm. which is super incredibly tragic, but uh, 
you got a lot of like, you can't do this, you won't be able to do this, the kids won't be able to do this, mm-hmm. and you just had this huge lesson of resilience. I'd love for mm-hmm. you to, to share a little bit about that. Sure. We were told, you know, with the CDC guidelines, there's, there was no clear guideline for children with special needs. And um, we just thought, well, if we don't give something a try, because we knew that our children were at home and had been home for five months, and so we really wanted to get something started. And we started thinking, well, if every all the other schools are needing this, then why wouldn't our school need this? And so we started putting things in place in order to make sure that we were a safe environment. And we many people said, no, these children with special needs won't have to wear masks. But then we looked at, well, what does that look like for the safety of our staff? And we said, we're gonna teach them how to do it. So we took lots of time. The first week we did staggered enrollment with one or two children and taught them what our expectations were if they were to attend school and taught them the processes of the safety procedures and they did a beautiful job. And now it's so fun to see them when we get them out of the car line and they stick their little head up like, come take my temperature and (laughs) help me with my mask. And they wear them all day long. And it's just amazing to see how well they do. And and some of the families were like, they're not gonna do that. They're Mm -hmm. not gonna be able to keep their mask on. Mm -hmm. And they are doing it. Mm -hmm. And through this also, the resiliency of the the families, Mm -hmm. you know, that was a long five months before they could come back. And they had to, many of them had to take on some responsibilities and, and teach in ways that they had not done before. It's always, you know, been able to have the school or somebody helping them out. And that was very difficult for them. So I just praise them for what they had to go through and do and um, encourage them to hang in there and, mm-hmm. you know, keep pushing for the schools to get them back into school and do everything that they can for them too. Yeah, that's that's really good. And uh, you mentioned even to me too, community. Like you really have like another huge lesson is relying on the community. Absolutely, because there are so many people out there looking for opportunities to give yeah. and all we have to do is ask. Yeah. We just need to show them that there is an opening for them to, you know, do something. One of the things that we experienced is we didn't have we didn't know how we were going to keep the kids safe during the, the students safe when they were at school. So we needed to um, look at opportunities that may be available. So we said, well, they need shields. So we wanted to have a shield in front of them because they, we knew that they probably couldn't keep the mask on all day long. So we wanted to hang, have a time or a place for them to hang their mask up and take a mask break. And when we spoke to somebody who came and did a tour, who used to be a retired engineer, said, what can, you know, how can I help you? And I said, well, we're kind of thinking about this is what we want to do. And he said, let's see what we can start. And that step was taken to at least start it. And then as it evolved over the summertime, you know, this gentleman just said, well, what else do you want? What else do you think you could do to make this even better? And before we knew it, we had these beautiful shields that were made specifically for our students and and he ended up no cost to us so that was even more beautiful but it was just he took that leap forward to to try to make something better for our kids and it was just it was just amazing and that happens all the time hope is an example when we had to move off campus during our construction period we asked a number of places who would house a school, <laughs> <laughs> children and adults with special needs, 55 of us, yeah, uh, yeah. and take that you know, leap of faith. And Hope said, 
we don't know really what this looks like. <laughs> we're not sure how it's going to go, but we're willing to take that chance. Yeah, I remember And that. they took the chance, and, that, and they did a beautiful job. It, you know, we learned together as we went through the process, but yeah. it was just the community mm. is there. Yeah. We just need to tap into them. We just need to motivate them. Yeah. Um, and oftentimes it's just coming over and meeting the students yeah. and and getting involved mm. is all you need. We had one example of a, of a man who came to, um, we kept trying to get him to come in for a tour. And he, he said, I really just dreaded, I didn't want to do it because I thought it was going to be so sad. Mm. And he came in and took a tour and before he left, I said, what do you think? He said, I really thought I was going to be sad and depressed when I left. He said, I am so happy and so full of energy. He said, this is a really happy place. And that's, it's, it's not the place as much as it is the students, if you just give it that opportunity to meet them and get to know them. Yeah, that's really, really neat. Mm -hmm. And okay, so I asked you a pretty transparent question about language, right? Mm -hmm. Educate me on the language. But I think that's a really valuable lesson for us as we're listening. Because I think a lot of people don't know exactly what to say. And I think that that is so important uh, within the special needs community. I hear you say uh, students with mm -hmm. special needs. Mm -hmm. um, my brother has Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to educate us a little bit on, on language. Sure. Well. They are people first. Yes. Always. Yes. And their diagnosis is second. Yes. So we, we like to refer to a child with a diagnosis, not an autistic child or a Down's child. Yes. It is a child with Down syndrome. It is a, a, girl, a daughter or a, a young lady with autism or whatever because we don't look at the diagnosis. Mm. We look at the child first. Mm. And oftentimes, I don't even like to look at the label because, mm. it's you know, you, people predetermine on what, you know, what's expected. And in, in my case, I like to say, okay, if you've met one child with Down syndrome, you have not met all children with Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. If you've met one child with autism, you have not met all children with autism. They're all different. And so you look at each child and say, if a parent walks up and says, my child has autism, I'll say, okay, well, great. What can they do? And let's move them forward. Yeah. You know, because each one of them is completely different. And, and one of the best things is to empower um, the children with special needs to do their best mm. and not pamper, mm -hmm. not hold their hand, but encourage them and, and then have them strive to work a little bit harder at their level. And, so. and I think I've heard too, uh, atypical peers, is that correct? Right, right. And well, we, we usually say, you don't say normal yes. because what is really normal? Yes. We, we tend to say it's typical, you know, what you would see in a typical classroom. Yeah. And so we um, use that language. The dreaded R word should never be used. Yes, yes, It absolutely. is not used. Yeah. And, um, and hurtful. And extremely hurtful. I heard it at an early age, mm. and, and believe it or not, that word is still being used. Mm. And so if we can eliminate that from anyone's vocabulary, that would be fabulous. So. <laughs> yes. Okay, so how do we best love and welcome the special needs community? Because I love that piece of this is um, educating us, mm -hmm. and I'm very thankful for you. I mean, you're an educator, <laughs> so thank you. Uh, but also, how do we, like, just welcome and love on the special needs community? 
Well, Hope does a great job of that. <laughs> we do. <laughs> they did that. Do and the, bit, yeah. the first step of that was just acceptance. Yeah. It was just, you know, giving an opportunity to experience this journey, yeah. um, to love, to be compassionate, mm -hmm. to be understanding to the families, um, just taking the opportunities that are laid in front of you. Because mm -hmm. uh, many times those opportunities are there. And we just kind of have to step into their journey just a little bit and you will find that you'll be surrounded by so many loving people um, along that process. Mm -hmm. And you find something deep about yourself mm -hmm. through that process too, mm -hmm. you didn't know. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot of students that may be struggling down a, a difficult road that can't figure out where their niche is in life and they come and volunteer working with kids with special needs and all of a sudden they go, wow, I have something that I can give to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I get teary-eyed when I talk about that <laughs> because it's very powerful what, yeah. what, you know, God works through each one of these children. Yeah. So I think that's a lesson that we learned, too, is that God's working through these kids to teach us much more than we would ever teach anybody yeah. to, or teach them. So. And I'm going to ask you this next question, but this is the question you got choked up on talking to me, so I'm sorry, <laughs> uh, so I'm sorry to ask okay. this after the, uh, but I love, love, love how you said that God gives us these special children for a reason. Like, mm -hmm. I just, that is... I mean, that's kind of the heartbeat of mm -hmm. what you do is you just like, God, these are blessings. These they children are. are such blessings to us. They are. Each and every day I walk in and yeah, I just thank God that I can mm -hmm. see, you know, his work through them. Um, I'm often reminded to stop and listen, mm -hmm. to be grateful, to uh, just appreciate the little things in life yeah. and not look at the big picture because I think we get caught up in the yeah. big picture of everything that's going yeah. on. But when we look at the little things in life, that's when we appreciate, you know, just, uh, you know, the small things and um, small accomplishments. Mm -hmm. And and the others just kind of, they just disappear. Yeah. Um, but I, I truly believe that, that God has placed these children. And when you don't take the opportunity to get to know them, to be a part of that life, you're missing out. Yeah. You really are. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. And I, I would love any final uh, encouragement or challenges, reminders for those of us listening. What, what would you want to leave us with? Take the time to get to know, be a part, uh, support the families. Yes. They need it. Yeah. Um, support the children. Um, embrace those that are educating. Uh, our staff is absolutely wonderful. All staff that work with children with special needs have a very strong passion for what they do. They spend many hours beyond the hours that they're at school in order to find the best techniques in order to teach the children and make them the best that they can be. So I think uh, love them too <laughs> and love the children and then you know be there for the families too because they really do need that support and that love. Yeah, that's really good. Joe, thank you so much for You're being welcome. here with us. This is such a privilege and an honor to be here with you. Thank so thank you. you. Thank you for being mm -hmm. here. And that is a wrap for our Green Chair conversation with Joe Gilbert. Thank you so much for being connected with us today. Don't forget, you can share today's conversation with a friend or even post on your social media platforms. If you're interested in connecting further or getting additional resources to take this conversation beyond the chair, you can email me at greenchair at hopechurchmemphis.com. Love you guys. See you next week.